0: Hello, and welcome to the Chair's Corner from the Department of Medicine at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. This is our series where we explore topics related to autoimmune disease to help patients, their loved ones, understand and manage their condition. And today, we're going to be talking about Sjogren's Syndrome. We welcome Dr. Beth Jonas, who's an Associate Professor of Medicine in our Division of Rheumatology, Allergy, and Immunology. Last week, Dr. Jonas joined us for a discussion on rheumatoid arthritis. Welcome back. Thank you. So I can barely say the word Sjogren's. What does Sjogren's syndrome mean? What is it?
1: So Sjogren's syndrome is an autoimmune disorder that causes dryness of the eyes, dryness of the mouth, and sometimes enlargement of the parotid gland. Occasionally, patients will have internal organ involvement where the disease involves the lungs or the kidneys. But by far, most patients have what we call the sicca syndrome, which is dryness of the eyes and the mouth.
0: S-I-C-C-A, sicca syndrome, mm-hmm. dry eyes, dry mouth. And what is, separates patients who have dry eyes only from patients who have Sjogren's? Some of them could have Sjogren's. Some of them probably don't. How does one tell?
1: So that can be difficult uh, sometimes, and we see a lot of patients in in our clinic who have dry eyes or dry mouth or both. Um, One of the things that can help us is uh, certain antibodies that may be present in the blood, so-called Ro and La antibodies. Most patients with Sjogren's syndrome will have these antibodies in their blood. And sometimes we need to biopsy one of the salivary glands to make a definitive diagnosis if we're not sure.
0: So if you took 100 patients who have dry eyes, for example, how many of them do you think would have Sjogren's?
1: I think it's probably a pretty small number. I think it's a minority of patients with dry eyes. There are so many things that can make your eyes dry. Medications can do it. Aging can do it. Um, so many people will have dry eyes, but a very small percentage of them will actually have true Sjogren's and syndrome. And the same
0: is probably true for dry mouth.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: lots of reasons to have a dry mouth.
1: Absolutely.
0: The combination of dry eyes and dry mouth, not being able to form spit, not being able to form tears, that combination, that at least should raise the possibility that there's this autoimmune disease and known as Sjogren's.
1: And that's how patients come to us. When they have both of them, then, then it does raise your level of suspicion for Sjogren's syndrome.
0: And what helps you in the diagnosis are blood tests, mm-hmm. these autoantibodies that you've just described, uh, the clinical syndrome. What else can help you? The biopsy, is it, is it required? Is it a good idea? When do you do biopsies?
1: So I don't biopsy most of the patients with Sjogren's syndrome. So if I have a high index of suspicion for Shogun syndrome, someone has had profoundly dry eyes, profoundly dry mouth, they may have enlargement of the parotid gland or other lymphadenopathy, and if their antibodies are negative, which can happen, in those cases I might recommend a biopsy.
0: So you wouldn't do a biopsy on everybody by any stretch of the no, imagination? No. In
1: fact, most patients do not need a biopsy.
0: What do you tell patients about treatment? What Are there treatments for Sjogren's?
1: This can be very difficult, and the treatment is really very symptomatic. So if your eyes are dry, we often recommend certain kinds of wetting agents, so artificial tears and other kinds of tear substitutes which can be used. The ophthalmologist may close off some of the, the tear ducts to prevent the tears from moving out of the eye. Um, there are other medications that have been approved for this, such as a topical cyclosporin for the eyes. But really, the treatment is, is really symptom-oriented. And for the mouth, also just using wetting agents. Uh, there are certain toothpastes and mouthwashes that can improve the um, moisture in the mouth
0: so it's really symptomatic treatment. You wouldn't use immunosuppressive therapy unless the disease was in the some, some other organ.
1: So many patients with Shogun syndrome will have either joint pain, arthralgia, or skin rashes. And under those circumstances, we might use a medication called hydroxychloroquine, which can be very helpful for those manifestations. But hydroxychloroquine really does not help the dryness at all. So if those other things are absent, we generally do not use any systemic therapy.
0: What kinds of uh, factors can make Sjogren's worse? What's the effect, for example, of stress on Sjogren's syndrome?
1: Well, like all of the autoimmune diseases, patients who feel stressed or are under unusual stress will often have exacerbation of their symptoms. So learning to manage that stress in your life is very important.
0: And exercise is fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Exercise is great.
0: So really, it's just trying to make the best of a, of a difficult situation, especially if you have very, very dry eyes and very, very dry mouth.
1: Right. And I tell my patients it's very important to have an ophthalmologist that they work closely with, that they see regularly, that can help them with that, and also to visit their dentist usually four times a year for a good cleaning. One of the things that we know is our saliva is full of immunoglobulin that really helps maintain healthy teeth. And when you've lost that saliva, you're at risk for dental decay. And so keeping your teeth as clean as possible, uh, and like I said, about four times a year, is very important for patients with Sjogren's syndrome.
0: Generally, the patients can learn for themselves how best to... Uh, use these wetting agents, how best to figure out ways to make sure there's enough moisture in the mouth. And if they can manage that, their long-term outlook is is pretty good.
1: That's true. And that learning curve is really important for patients to learn how to manage their symptoms uh, with the agents that we have. But the prognosis and the outlook for the future for most patients with Shogun syndrome is actually quite good.
0: One of the more worrisome, albeit uncommon, concerns for patients with Shogun syndrome is that they can have a form of a cancer that affects the lymphoid tissue, and that's called a lymphoma. Lymphomas can occur in patients with Shoguns. How do you screen for lymphomas? What do you tell patients? And then when they come to see you, Uh, When do you start worrying about whether a lymphoma is present and then the next steps?
1: Well, first, I want to say that the incidence of lymphoma in patients with Sjogren's syndrome is actually pretty low. So probably 5% or less of patients with Sjogren's syndrome will ever develop a lymphoma. So the vast majority of patients will never have to worry about this. If you're going to get a lymphoma, it usually occurs, you know, more than six or seven or eight years after the diagnosis, so it's a late finding. And when I uh, evaluate patients, I'm looking for swollen lymph glands or new fevers or other clues that might tell us that uh, lymphoma may be occurring. We know that patients who have persistent enlargement of their parotid glands are at particular risk, and so We look for that all the time and risk stratify our patients, and there are some blood tests that might help us to predict which patients are at higher risk. But as I mentioned, the the risk is actually uh, pretty low.
0: Dr. Jenis, where are the parotid glands? Can you describe it for patients where, where they should be feeling?
1: Yeah, so a parotid gland is right in front of the ear, sort of on the jawline. So you may know the parotid glands when you had the mumps as a kid, um, so-called chipmunk cheeks. Um, So they're right in front of the ear and just on the jawline.
0: And that's the uh, gland that is involved in Sjogren's syndrome. That's true. If a patient's looking for more information or trying to research Sjogren's syndrome, where should they look?
1: So there are a couple of uh, places to look. The American College of Rheumatology www.rheumatology.org. The Arthritis Foundation, www.arthritis.org. And there's also a Sjogren's Syndrome Foundation, uh, which is also uh, has excellent information on the web.
0: Thank you, Dr. Jonas. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoy this series, you can subscribe to The Chair's Corner on iTunes or like the UNC Department of Medicine on Facebook. Stay tuned for our next episode.